You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. So I want to tell you just a brief story. Uh, I was over at a friend's house collecting some free furniture. Who doesn't like free furniture? I love free furniture. And I met this amazing couple. And uh, just so happens that they were in town. Um, uh, fr- they had just left the Madrid area of, of Spain. I think Madrid. Yeah, cool. All right, and um, and so uh, they had just come uh, to the states. Uh, they were going to spend a year here on home leave or so ish, a year ish. And uh, I got to know them a little bit. Uh, they came and to the pool party that we had with the Shia family that we support over in Barcelona, Spain. Um, so the Shias were here, and then the the this family were here, and these two missionary couples got to connect. And then so uh, the Smalley family uh, joined, became part of our family here at the mission while they're here in town. And so today we're continuing on on in our sermon series with God on mission, and we're going to hear from Jay and Lisa Smalley about with God on mission in the world. So would you welcome Jay and Lisa Smalley? Good morning, everyone. All right, it works. So yeah, we're, we're new, and I didn't realize when we uh, came to this church, we'd be up on stage. Maybe it's because we're new. So <laughs> I know that you guys had something, you know, sign up in the back a couple weeks ago. You can volunteer and do something. I don't remember signing up. Oh, yeah, you can speak too, but here we are. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I was, I was, gonna, I was going to uh, piggyback off that, that um, anecdote because, yeah, we, we left Spain in June. We got here um, uh, actually, we landed in Texas, and I think I shared this before, but we ended up uh, driving out to here from Texas, and um, um, we work at RCS. Uh, Brian's our boss, and so he's in the audience, and so we're, uh, we're just blessed. There's, yeah, no pressure, exactly. But to, to come here from Spain, to come to Redlands, and then find a connection back to Spain, when we met the Shaw family... Um, we just started talking about, they're in Barcelona, we're in Madrid, so there's kind of an issue there, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but we, we know people in common, so it, it was just amazing to just talk and, uh, and share um, experiences and, and, and be blessed. And now here we are, we get to share with you about being on mission to the world, and um, our specific part of the world we never thought would be Spain, um, but we ended up here. So um, just wanted to give you a little bit of our background. Uh, that includes some life in Spain. So, I don't know, I feel like I'm blocking the screen, but maybe not. Um, so, this, this journey to, to the mission field took a while. Um, Lisa and I actually had, uh, right when we first got married, back in 2001, um, we talked about missions and, and what that would look like. And then, Fast forward a few years, um, we started out um, really committing to the Lord our, our lives and, and serving Him and wanting to be, wanting to be in the mission field and, and figuring out how that works. So we started out um, uh, getting appointed to a uh, missions uh, organization, World Venture, based in Colorado, and that was in 2009, 2010, and then that took a little while, and um, 
after about a year and a half, we, we got the support we needed and we were sent to Spain and we got there in 2011 and that took, and we were there for 10 years. We thought we were only gonna be there two years and we ended up being there 10. So uh, we'll, we'll give you more details about that. So that's how we started out. Notice how many kids we had when we left. And then there's that guy in the middle with a t-shirt. I love Long Beach State actually, that's what his shirt says. Um, our, our, our youngest, Nico, was born in Madrid, and so we're, we're blessed to uh, really, the, what the Lord guides you to, uh, um, blessed to experience life in the mission field and also navigate how to have a child in a foreign country. So that was, that was really interesting. Um, next slide. So what our ministry looked like in Spain, uh, we actually, the Madrid area is, I guess, kind of like L.A., it's kind of like the county seat, but then outside Madrid, kind of in a, I don't know, 20, 30-mile radius, there are all these other small towns. So we were in a town called Comarma de Esteruelas, and um, we went to that town specifically to serve as uh, missionary, uh, missionaries as teachers um, to a, an MK school or missionary kids school in Comarma. So that red building there is the school. Everything's probably within a, I don't know, within a seven, eight kilometer zone, or was that like three miles? Something like that. Five miles? Oh my gosh. For, I went to metric, and now I can't go back. So, so yeah, so our, the school is where we served at as teachers, and then the, this is kind of the center of the town. Every, every, if you've been to Spain, Pastor Jason has, he, he can relate to this, right? So every little small town has a church in the middle, and then kind of a little plaza. And so, actually, right behind that church is where our house was. And so, um, if you were to just walk out, out of the town less than a mile, you'd kind of come up on this hill where our kids are looking down on, and that's what our town looks like from above. And then the cool thing about Spain, or one of the cool things about Spain, is every uh, time around, after all the spring rain kind of clears, um, early April, or maybe even late March, early April, we get all these awesome uh, red uh, poppies that just grow in the wild, and you just see them everywhere. So there's like this two, three-week window where you want to take your picture with your family there, so... So the Lord guided us to, to this place. We never thought we'd end up a small town, probably about 8,000 people, and, and working at a, a missionary kids' school. And um, sometimes it's hard to say we're missionaries because we didn't really feel like we're those, those people that go and plant churches or, or those people that go and train up pastors. We were just working at a school. But our school served missionary kids, and then their parents did all those things. And um, we, we had students from all over the world, from the Middle East, from Asia, from uh, North Africa, all over Europe and North America. And so all these families kind of gathered in this small town, and then they did missions to the world. So we felt like we were really part of a huge ministry. Um, and so, yeah, that was a blessing. Um, next slide. So this is our background. Um, what we want to talk about, though, is um, kind of our launching point. So... Why, why talk about uh, missions and, and, and to the world? For us, it um, comes from this verse. This kind of became our life verse uh, for serving the Lord in Spain. And let me just read uh, Ephesians 5, or part of it with you. 5, 8 through verse 20. Um, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. 
but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, and this is our, the verse we really clung to, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, let me just pray real quick and we'll continue. Lord, we thank you for this morning. Thank you that we get to share uh, really your story through us, Lord, how to be on mission um, to the world. And we know that being on mission can be here in Redlands. It can be to our, our neighbor next to us, and it can be to the ends of the earth. And we just commit this, this morning to you, Lord, and um, pray that it blesses you. May your spirit speak through us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, oh yeah, welcome online mission family if you're out there, by the way, I wanted to do that. So um, we kind of outlined what our, what our message will be and, and our walk through, um, if that slide will go up, our walk to end up in Spain and what it, what it um, looks like to be missions or be on missions to the world. So if that goes up, that would be great. Um, but I'll just, I'll read through that outline real quick. Is it up there? Uh, skip to, oh, is it not? Maybe it's not there. Anyway, our outline is based on a few things. So it's, it's vision, prayer and waiting, uh, accepting the call and stepping out. This is so you can kind of keep track. I know where I'm getting close to the, to the finish line here. Um, trusting and building, abiding, serving and sharing, mobilizing and returning. So I wouldn't say, like, this is the process for everyone, but this is how the Lord has guided us and, and just want to share kind of all these steps. I'm sure a lot of it will sound familiar to, to many of you. Um, so going back to um, the steps that it, it took to, or going back to the vision slide, um, for us, uh, what we learned right away is that uh, going on mission is to the world or to uh, someone outside of your, your own your own space is really interesting. Um, when we went to Spain, we thought, okay, we're going to go serve at this missionary kids' school. We're going to we're going to bless these students. We're going to uh, meet and get to know. We're going to get to know neighbors in Spain, and we're going to share the gospel. And, and that's all true. But what really became kind of um, obvious to us within a few months was, I think most missionaries could attest to this. God changes feels like God changes you more on the inside than what you're actually doing on the outside. He's doing such a work in you and your family that um, it, it's just amazing amount of spiritual growth and, and really uh, depending on the Lord. Um, so our vision starts out with uh, referring back to this verse in Proverbs 2019, without vision, the people perish. Um, for us, the vision to go to Spain wasn't really something specific just yet. It was really, Lord, we, we want to serve you. We committed our lives to you. We committed our marriage to you. Uh, what does that mean? We felt like, I think a lot of people, when they become believers, it's like, okay, I know it's not just going to church on Sunday, and that's it. There's more to it. And it's not because you want to try and be a better Christian or uh, look better in front of people or, or, or really, you know, gain some, some uh, 
uh, merit to your faith, but really it's, it's just to serve the Lord because you love him so much and, and you want to you follow him. So um, our vision started out with, all right, we're teachers. What does that mean, Lord? Um, can we be missionaries? And again, like I said, being missionaries, we, we thought we had one image of what that meant, but uh, as we started doing research and, and kind of understanding what it meant to, to walk with the Lord, we realized that um, being on mission to the world is wherever God leads you. And so that led us to this school in Spain and um, uh, being missionary teachers. And so during that time, we just, we just thought, this is amazing. We're going we're gonna to go to Spain. We're going to go on this vision trip. And that's what we did. So we, we took our first step of faith. So having a vision and being on mission to the world means taking that first step, whether it's just committing um, your thoughts and possible future to the Lord, or however that takes shape. So we went on a vision trip um, in 2003, right? And uh, that step was huge. We, uh, we quit our jobs. We had, we had money saved up for about a year, and we quit our jobs, and we ended up in Spain in 2003. During that time, we, we found the, the school that we showed you in Camarma and um, got to meet some of the people there. Uh, Ironically, the director of the school wasn't there, but we got to meet some of, the, some of the teachers. And we went to church in Madrid one Sunday, just wanting to go to church. And we, we met this past, the pastor in charge at the time and said, you know, actually we're here on a vision trip. And we, want, we heard about this school. It's called Evangelical Christian Academy. Have you heard of it? And he looked at us and he's like, my sons go there. Yes, I have heard of it. So he, he introduced us to um, a couple of the teachers there and immediately... They welcomed us to join them for lunch, and then they gave us a tour of the school the following week. And um, we were like, this place is amazing. Can't wait to come back. We are going we to be in the mission field by next spring, or next uh, summer, and then and start working at this school. Um, but if you looked at the dates, that wasn't true. So 2003, 2004, uh, we, we did our vision trip. We were really there to also learn Spanish. And then we got back to the U.S. after that uh, six-month journey and realized, okay, having a vision is one thing. Um, going to the mission field, there's a gap or something going on there. And so we learned uh, that having the vision and, and committing also means waiting on the Lord. And so we, we took our step and um, just, just waited on the Lord to see what would, what would happen. We, got, we, see, we sought counsel with our pastors, and they said, you know, just wait and see. The cool part about all this, or there's a lot of cool parts, was the director of the school, even though he wasn't in Spain at the time, we, we contacted him, and he said, um, yeah, we'll, we'll just stay in touch. So between 2003 and all the way till 2010, when we finally did arrive in Spain, this director just kept on emailing us and seeing how we were doing, and then our first child was born, Caleb, over there in, in uh, 2007, and I love it because the director of the school... Set, uh, emailed us after we told him our, our first son was born, and he just said, all right, cool. When the dust settles, we'll have a job for you whenever you guys come out here. And then a couple years later, our daughter was born, 2009. He's like, great, you got two kids. You know what? There's always a space for you. Don't forget us. Come on over. And so this is this constant, like, seven-year recruiting effort. Like, I've never heard of that. Just, just for one, one of the staff members for this school. And so... Um, all that to say, it felt like the Lord was really just uh, confirming this call. And you kind of lose sight of time. So again, having the vision, being on mission to the world, time is one thing, but just following the Lord, you, you know, they sometimes don't really need to parallel each other. Um, and, and, and other parts about that. 
once we shared our vision, we really felt strongly the Lord was guiding us to Spain. Other people in, the, in our home church were like, when are you guys going to go? When, is, is Spain in the future? Is it, is it next year? Is it coming up soon? And so um, we thought, well, that's interesting. In fact, we were driving on the freeway one day, and there was graffiti on the, on the wall, which there always is in California. But there, somebody wrote Spain, or so, somebody put graffiti on the, on, the, on, the, on the sidewall, Spain. We're like, what is that? So, and lots of bumper stickers of Spain on people's cars. So we just thought, all right, Lord, here we go. The vision trip continues. And so, so um, our, our next point, prayer and waiting. So between 2003 and 2009, 2010, there was a lot of prayer. Um, a lot of, of that verse that we read in Ephesians has to do with the old life and then the new life. And we really got to that point where it said making the most of opportunity or how it translates to redeeming the time. We thought time is a great resource. The Lord's given us this time, this moment. It doesn't necessarily mean years or whatever. It's just this moment. And we thought, how, how do we do that, Lord? We, we feel you're calling on us. And so being on, on mission to the world also means just committing more prayer. And I think, uh, again, one of the keys to that is growing your faith. So you're going in the mission field, or, you're, or you're, you're committing some new work to the Lord. It requires Him growing you first, um, praying, praying and preparing, and then leading you to the next step. So that's why we really, um, really cling to that verse there. All right. Accepting the call. So after this uh, seven years of preparation, we realized um, we were getting closer. It, it was interesting. All that time in our, in our home church before we left for Spain and people asking us when we were going to go, it got to us, the vision kind of faded. We thought, going to a foreign country and um, being missionaries and, and just living abroad, that seems impossible. There's no way. We've seen other people do it, but there's, there's no way. We're not like that. We can't do that. And of course, um, I had this time of counsel with a, uh, my brother-in-law's brother-in-law, who's a pastor, and I told him about this, this calling and this vision. It felt like we were getting really close. And he's like, no, I think, I think you are. You just have to continue to seek the Lord in that. And, um, and he, I remember him telling us, I don't know if this is biblical or not, he just said, you know, when you commit to the Lord and you really tell him you want to do something, he is going to mess with you. And so he... The Lord messed with us big time. So <laughs> by 2009, we, we felt strongly this call to go to Spain. We were like, we have our condominium. I have my job. I'm at a public school. I'm tenured. Um, we've just had our first two kids. This is like, this is the American dream. We're kind of building up our family and our home. And this is so nice. Why would we get rid of this? And I had this strong um, just conviction. I won't even say a feeling because it didn't go away. It was just strong conviction. Like, we need to uh, seek out this vision to go to Spain. And I quit my job again. I resigned before we even knew kind of the steps it would take to, to go to the mission field. And it didn't make sense to me. But at the same time, I knew it was the right step. And we shared this with um, our believer friends first, who were nice. And, uh, and our unbelieving friends and some family members, and they thought, well, you guys threw your lives away. What are you doing? Um, but the Lord messes with you. And so we got support and, and 
finances were still taken care of. Um, I don't, this is not a prosperity thing, but we had a friend give us a huge check um, at some point to kind of keep us going along the way. This was even before we had even joined uh, um, a missions organization. So it was amazing. Um, and all that. So, so again, accepting the call and stepping out, uh, be prepared for those weird and crazy things that don't make sense. And it, you can read that throughout the Bible, how the Lord uses people, and it doesn't make sense to them. And the Lord just says, do it. I will give you the words to say, like he told Moses. Um, for us, it was follow him and, and accept the call. And so we did. And through that time, there were other people that we shared with. Their faith kept us going. Their prayers kept us going. And we really felt the conviction that can you continue just to follow him. Um, all right, so moving on to... Lisa. Hi. <laughs> so just to kind of reiterate, in that vision, I feel like a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people, what, what does the Lord want me to do? And a lot of the times in the vision, you're still not exactly sure. He'll give you an impression. He's not giving you the whole plan. He's not telling you what's coming down the road. And um, even as we were kind of figuring out what was going to be happening in Spain, we didn't yeah, know the timeline or exactly what we would be doing. And that's always some of the challenge, right? Because people want to uh, want to know the plan and want to know that you've thought this all through. And sometimes all you can say is that you've been called out, like the um, Abrahamic calling, right? That you've been called out and that you're answering the call. And you can't always give people the particulars. So um, just the kind of basis that in this journey, God calls you into a huge time of trust building. And I think that's true wherever you are, whether it's here um, doing local ministry that's new to you, um, in a new area, with a new group of people, whatever that is, because um, the bottom line is he's pulling out of wherever we're comfortable, and that could be close or far away. Um, but in that, I think he, he is always pulling us into a huge time of trust building. And, um, and it's because he wants to accomplish something through us that is evident that we can't do on our own, right? If we could do it on our own, then it's not his work. If, if we're able to just do something easily, then it doesn't give him glory. And so as he's growing us, we're stepping out in that way to trust that it's being done in his power and through his provision. Um, so yeah, not about accomplishing his vision and our power, but trusting him to provide what's needed to fulfill his vision. Um, so for us, it was, it's a lot, like for going overseas, it was fundraising. So, um, both Jay and I come from Catholic family background. And so that's been awesome as we're in Spain to kind of understand the mindset, but it was very different for us as we were raising support that we didn't come from a background of being in an evangelical church or knowing what missions were even about. That was part of when we came back from our vision trip, we thought, this is so great. And then we talked about raising support, and we were like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And especially when you realize that a lot of the people in the missions field have grown up in a church and then went to a church in college, and their parents know pastors. And a lot of people have a really good network, which is awesome. And that was not the case with us. And yet God was so gracious and has been so generous and allowed us to go even without that. Um, for the majority of our time in Spain, we had one church, our sending church, that was it. And when we came back on home assignment in 2015, um, just through 
God's working. We ended up taking our kids. Our kids had really wanted to do a VBS. It wasn't something they normally get to do. And the one that year was Cave Quest, right? Yep, Cape Quest. And the last church to offer it, because our home assignment had started in July, everybody did it in June, the last church to offer it was Grace Fellowship in Duarte, and we took our kids there, and they, over the next few years, became our second supporting church. So you just don't know the way that God's going to work. Sometimes it's just a step of trust that doesn't even appear to be anything other than just getting your kids to a place that will nurture them in, in a place that they can learn more about God with their peers, and then he develops those relationships. So um, again, for us, that idea of fundraising for asking people for tens of thousands of dollars to be our annual salary, think whatever an annual salary is, that's the amount of money that missionaries have to raise. Any taxes we have to pay, we raise the money. Any medical insurance we have, we raise the money. And so it's, it can be daunting, and it's definitely a walk of trust with, with God. And um, as Jay referenced, telling unbelieving family and friends what we were doing was a little crazy. Um, I just referred to 1 Corinthians 2.14, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. And I'll just tell you now that God's plans often don't fit American standards of planning and responsibility. Um, so whatever he's calling you out to, whatever you sense in your heart right now that he wants you to step out in, just be prepared that um, people might not exactly understand what that is, and that doesn't mean that he's not calling you in a powerful way to step out with him on mission to the world. Um, but yeah, it's about him, and we trust in him and trust in the journey that he has for us. He's provided for us in so many ways. Like Jay said, we thought we were going for two years. We were just going to go and see and see how our kids did, and yet he kept re-upping us a year at a time, and then suddenly it was 10 years later. Um, but as we go out, just remember to seek him first because there's legitimate doubts. We have legitimate doubts. There's legitimate needs that that we have, right, physically. He said he knows what those are. Um, but let his spirit comfort and guide us. Let him reground us um, as we grow in our faith as in preparation for whatever this work is that he has for each one of us. Amen. So, um, yeah, to connect with that. Abiding in the Lord, um, sharing and serving. So, yeah, everything Lisa said just kind of leads us to this point. So we, we arrive in the mission field. We're in Spain, and um, we're trying to be comfortable with the language and try to feel okay with walking out your front door and hoping no one talks to you for 15, 20 minutes or more, um, dreading when the, when the phone rings and you have to answer the phone. <laughs> so all, all these things start start piling up. And then, of course, you're, you're in your occupation, you, you know, you're working at this missionary school, and, and, and you're, you're doing what you've talked about for a long time, and you've, you've gotten people to support you, and you feel all this riding on you, and you're like, oh my gosh, the pressure to, to, to be a missionary now, and, and to just like jump into the mission field. And again, the mission field could be Spain or it could be anywhere else, but like Lisa said, you are totally out of your comfort zone. Um, one, obviously, there are a lot of verses that, that address this, um, but again, we realize the vision. We're here to share the gospel. We can do that. The Lord can give us 
the ability through the Spirit to, to help us share the gospel. It can, and it doesn't have to necessarily all be in words. A lot of times we were just friendly people, and, and people wanted to know us more, and they wanted to talk to us more, and so that helped. And then that helped us with our Spanish. Um, and then the key part in this, in John 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. Um, we learned that, um, or this, to me, this came back a lot, denying yourself. Um, all that pride, all that ambition, all that, look, we got to Spain, look how great we are, and I'm trying to like sound cool. Or, no, don't do that. <laughs> we, we, were, we were there because of the Lord, and, and really, all the, all the joy and, and the pride, or whatever you want to say, the, 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 the reward of the mission itself was, was all glory to, the, glory to God for him doing that. Um, and, and from that point on, that really prepared us for, yeah, we were in, we're in a place we really, we really loved. We loved the Spanish people. We loved our students. We loved working in community with others. We loved uh, doing life with other, other missionaries. And um, kind of like you guys here, we were a family with the people we were serving with. Um, and we really enjoyed that. <clears throat> and I think the key to all that was uh, letting the Lord provide you with those, school, those skills and tools you needed to just serve him. And just remember, we had to really remember every day, we're here to serve him, no, no matter how hard it got. Um, one of the fun things about that was, um, as we were growing in our confidence and after several years, we, we got to a point where we would develop key relationships um, in the Spanish community, not just uh, our, our missionary students. Um, Lisa got to know... Uh, because our kids all went to um, Spanish public school um, for early elementary, she got to know the parents really well. It was kind of like a natural connection. Like, we all have our kids at this school, and, you know, that's a commonality, and we can, we can talk, and there's a, kind of this barrier like, oh, we're a missionary, I want to hand you this, this Gideon's Bible. It was more just to talk and get to know them. And so she, she has this lifelong friend um, still. They still write each other uh, back and forth, and their, their family kind of mirrors ours. They have three kids, we have three kids, and that's been a huge connection. Um, and just, again, denying yourself and not trying to force the, the ministry on people and other, other, other uh, uh, acquaintances you meet and like, they need to know hear the gospel right now. It was more just, if you build relationships with people, um, the trust comes with it and they, they want to listen to you. Uh, we had uh, this one mechanic friend, um, just a great guy. He, and he was one of those, you know, salt-of-the-earth type guys rough around the edges. Every time I'd see him, he would share a joke that may have not been appropriate, but he just kind of, okay, okay, I don't get it. The cool part about being a foreigner is like, sometimes I just don't get it. I don't know what you said. So <laughs> I'll claim ignorance or something. Um, but uh, he, he the, uh, this was cool. Like he, he was a mechanic and he ended up being a mechanic for us in a lot, of, a lot of the missionary community because he would come to your house and swap cars. He would take your car, take it home to his home garage, fix it, and leave his car, and you could use it for the day or whatever. It was great. Um, and so, uh, you know, we, were, we would talk to him. He would tell us about, oh, you know, we don't know how to keep, take our good care of our car and chastise us every time. Oh, yeah, sorry, I, don't, yeah, I didn't realize that. Um, but at some point, he, he said... Uh, you know, you guys left your music or your radio on, um, and I'm, it was music I'd never heard before. And we, we had a Christian CD that we just kind of had on looping for the longest time because we really liked it. Um, it was in English, and we were like, oh, this is so nice. And uh, we just left it on, and he told me, he's like, 
I was driving your car, and you had this beautiful music on, and I, I don't know what it was, but it really spoke to me. And I just wanted to drive your car for another hour and, and go on the freeway and, you know, take my time getting back to you. And we thought, wow, that's amazing. So we just felt like, you know, again, being on mission to the world, the Lord, the Lord uses everything. You, you don't even know it sometimes. And it's just kind of, um, wow, you just got to give, give credit to God for having that open heart and mind. I just want to say really quickly, um, we're, he is a great guy, and he is very... Um, humorous and also like he's just a great example of kind of Spanish fatalism mm. because he was a Guardia Civil officer and that's kind of like the National Guard but more like the National Police there and he had seen a lot and he had already retired and in the time that we knew him, have known him he lost his oldest daughter to a motorcycle accident so he himself has been through a lot but he's very puts on kind of that blustery front and so He's one of the people that if you could keep him in your prayers, we've mm. just been praying over that continued relationship that we could really minister to him as we're able to, um, and just have been praying for him over the course of years for his heart to be softened toward the Lord. Yeah, when we, when we talk to him, he's always like, siempre luchando, siempre luchando. I'm always fighting, 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 fighting. I'm like, all right, but you know, you don't have to fight all the time. Um, and when COVID came, and we're still in Spain at this time, and then kind of all those lockdowns, we, we wrote him and said, hey, how are you doing? Just checking in. We miss you. And he said, you know, the next time I need to take your car, uh, let's visit. I don't want to just, like, do work. I want, I want to talk to you guys more. And so uh, we're just we're thankful for him. And, uh, yeah, all these friendships um, in Spain, especially with the Spanish people, like they, they grow, they develop, and we're hoping, you know, the Spirit will, will really break through and, and, and pierce their hearts for Him. Um, I think finally on that, yeah, just uh, we get to the part where we've been in Spain all these years now, and we're, we're anyone can attest, I'm sure the Cha family can too, it's, you know, when you're in a country with less than 1% uh, evangelical believers, you know, it's really, um, figuratively speaking, hard ground. So friendships are the key and, and just building that trust and talking. And so, um, again, being on mission to the world, you remove that kind of American mindset of task-oriented and, and what, what, are my, what are our goals and what are our action steps. It's more just, all right, Lord, please work through us. Yeah, on a note with that, um, my, my friend Patri that I um, just have known the, pretty much the whole time we've been there, um, got to know her because Caleb and her son Donnie were in the same four-year-old class together. And, um, you know, I remember the first summer, a big thing in Spain is to go to the pool over the summer. There's a pool in town. That's everybody's um, place to be. And the first summer we were there just, uh, you know, relaxing while the kids were in the pool. And she said, so tell me about, like, what are, what's different about evangelism? And what's different about, you know, evangelicals? And this is amazing. Like, this is the first summer that I've ever been here. And she's already asking me these questions. And that is the last time that she's asked a lot of those questions. <laughs> and so um, just, again, walking with people. Like, she knows that I am there for her. We've been through a lot of, like, different health scares, scares with her parents and hard times. And, and she said, um, you know, like, you're the kind of friend that I know I can always go to with the good stuff and the hard stuff. You're one of the first people I want to talk to. So... It's hard, right? It's like Jay was saying. It's not necessarily about checking off, okay, who did I get to say the prayer? Because it's a lifelong situation that people are on a journey, and they might not 
you know, come to Jesus in a year or in two years, but when they know that they can come to you no matter what and that you're going to be strong in the Lord and you're going to be um, a rock in some way that they don't have necessarily, that's all witnessing, no matter whether it's here in hospitals where people are ill or, um, you know, whatever situation you're in, kids that are in foster care that need a presence that's really strong and will be consistent or, you know, far, far, far away. So um, as we're talking about the mobilizing, when we went on mission, um, it's, it's good to be ready to go. Um, but just remember that before that, he's probably going to have you share so that other people can go with you. And um, what we first understood to be our mission to Spain ended up, um, it was not just our own mission because we could not do it on our own. Um, so when Matthew 28 says, therefore, go and make disciples to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And that is true. And also he put us in community and he wants us to work as a church. So he doesn't necessarily call us out just us and him. But we were going to be living out our faith in that country that has less than 1% evangelical presence, even with the Catholic um, history. But that comes with a lot of baggage that we can tell you about later if you're interested. And so we knew we couldn't do it alone and that God calls the whole body to work together um, to send people out, whatever that might be. Um, so God called us into a season of sharing that vision and mobilizing others to prayer, most importantly to prayer, and also to financial support. Um, and by the time that we sent out and we actually were going out, which, again, we thought in our um, mindset, well, we're going as teachers, so of course God will have us ready to go by September. That's just the way it's going to be, clearly. Mm-hmm. And September came and went, and all the other teachers that we had met at the pre-field orientation went off to their countries and we were looking, and we weren't ready yet. And, um, you know, just not really understanding, Lord, I don't, we thought we were supposed to be ready. And apparently there was some more work that needed to be done um, just with people coming alongside us and us relying on him for the timing. And we ended up going in February, which, of course, is perfect with a school year. Um, But he knew, like he knew that we needed February to June to take some more language, to get settled in, um, just to get acclimated and then to be ready for the next year. That it wasn't what we understood. It wasn't in our America go-go mindset, but that was the way it was. And so um, by the time that we were ready, we had a prayer team in place. We had our sending church in San Pedro. We had um, financial supporters, and we had coworkers waiting for us to welcome us over as we arrived there. So, um, yeah. And we had had bus 255 to get us places. Yes, and we had bus 255 because before we ever had a car for a few months, we were taking the bus from our small town in... uh, Kamarma of 8,000 people to wherever we needed to go for groceries and other things. Um, So yeah, just again, being on mission really is going to where he's called us, whether that's at school, at work, in Redlands, in California, beyond that. um, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. Mm. Just to add on to that, another funny anecdote. So, yeah, we were in Spain, and we were adjusting to life, and we didn't have a car, so we walked everywhere, and we took bus 255 everywhere. And 
I love it because the Lord, <laughs> the Lord lets you celebrate other things too. Um, as I was, I was taking my language classes in Spanish at the end of the day, I was walking through a, a little bit bigger town that's a bus ride to where we lived, there was a Burger King. And I thought, I'm going to buy Burger King for my family. And it's going to be amazing. And so <laughs> I went and ordered Burger King and was shocked at how much it cost compared to the U.S. And then brought two grocery-sized bags full of Burger King and got on the bus and rode home. And that was like the biggest victory I had in like months to bring Burger King to my family. So the next time you go get fast food, just think of that story. It's like, just, it means so much more in some places. <laughs> um, and so the return. So the, the last step, well, I won't say it's the last. I feel like this is cyclical. This is just preparing us for something else. But um, the return. So, so now we're back after our, our 10 years in Spain so far. And uh, we're just thankful for everything the Lord has led us through. Um, um, and the Bible talks about counting the cost. And I, there, there is so much about uh, being on mission to the, to the world, especially in a foreign country, that you also have to be mindful of. We're, uh, one of the things we, we knew was we can't do this mission as it's my ministry or Lisa's ministry or us as parents, and it, it, it includes our family. And so we had to make sure and do a heart check um, as a family all the time, monthly, every six months, yearly. And we'd have our little family re retreats and just make sure that was okay. Because the last thing we want to do is share share the joy of the gospel with people, and then our home life is just a wreck. And so um, that, was a, that was a key lesson early on. And then just want to, it's a big thing, but uh, we witnessed so much in, in the mission field. We witnessed moral failures. We, we, uh, we witnessed ministries closing. Uh, we saw people leave the field ha having just gotten there and going back. Um, and you count the cost, and, you're, and a lot of times this doubt sets in, like, Lord, why, why would you have all these people come over here and then leave in, in, in kind of broken state? And we know that um, there, there's not a really easy answer for that, other than that um, we know he's working in each of us individually. And we just had to depend and trust on what was going on in those, people li in those people's lives was, was what needed to happen. And um, like you shared about Romans 8.28, he's working all things for the good. It doesn't look pretty all the time, but the Lord will redeem it. He'll, he'll fix it. And so we just, we just clung to that. Um, finally, I love this verse in Luke 24. We're not our hearts burning within us. Um, I love this story of these, these two guys walking on the road to Emmaus, and they had seen all these things, and now they're like, Where's Jesus? What happened? This was amazing what happened. And then they, some guy walks up to him and goes, so how's it going? And, oh, you know, have you heard about this guy, Jesus? And, you know, all these amazing things and we, we, all these things we witnessed. What things? It's Jesus talking to them. What things? And they tell him, well, this guy, Jesus, he did all these amazing things. He's like, oh, okay. And then he leaves and they're like, who was that guy? And, and they realize, like, oh, my gosh, he's at some point, they realize all, all this amazing stuff that Jesus has done continues. It will continue. We serve a risen Savior. And so our hearts burn with us, within us as we come home knowing that there's so much that we, we followed the Lord in. Um, we weren't always faithful. He was faithful all the time. Um, we didn't always trust, but he kept us going. He filled us with um, his truth and his work, and that built our trust up again. And so I say it's cyclical because the returning only means he's preparing us for something else. And um, again, yeah, we serve a risen Savior, and we can, we can only just uh, 
uh, just continue to be reminded of that. So as you prepare to go on missions to the world, whether it's next door or, or a world away, know there's so much that goes on in it, and it is a blessing to know that the Lord builds you up in so many ways, and time is relative. I think, I think it's, it's just good to know that. So yeah, just thank you for sharing, give, getting this chance to share with you guys. Um, should I close in prayer? All right. Uh, Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for uh, the mission. Thank you for this family here. Thank you, Lord, that um, all that time spent for us in, in Spain, in the mission field, um, was uh, something that continues to go, Lord, that it, you will use it for uh, sending out others to your mission field, wherever that is. And we, we just thank you, Lord, for everyone here. We pray that you bless them. We pray that your, your word speaks to them. And um, we just thank you, Lord, for this Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. I feel like it'd be appropriate for us to pray for you guys before we wrap up. Would that be okay? Is that all right? So um, uh, here, let's uh, let's pull this stuff off here, and uh, let's just have you guys stand right here. Um, if I could have uh, anybody who wants to come come lay hands on these guys, let's pray for them. Um, Father, I believe that you are so honored by the Smalley's yes to you. Father, I, their, their faithfulness to your call, Lord, their patience, Father. Lord, you called and they, and they, said, they said yes. You have their yes, Father. So I just thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for their faithfulness, Lord. I thank you that they've been in the field as long as we, longer than we've been a church. Jesus. We are so honored to have servants like these among us. And we thank you for their example, Lord. Lord, not all of us are called to go, uh, you know, overseas or whatever, but Lord, we can listen to their example for our neighbors. Lord, we can listen to their example for uh, friends and family members and and uh, all those that we come in contact with, Lord, that we could carry your gospel, that we could partner with you in the world. We could be on mission with you like the Smallies wherever you place us, God. So I thank you for them, Lord. I thank you, uh, Lord, I, I, I heard them say, count the cost. And I can just hear that there has been a lot of cost 
in this ministry, Lord, in, in, in these uh, servants' lives, God. It, I, I can see, Lord, on them that it has cost them. Lord, but to hear their hearts, Lord, that they got to minister, they continue to minister and walk with people, even here in the States, Lord. They continue to walk with people in, in Spain, Lord. I thank you for their sacrifice, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would unite them as a family even deeper in your, in your love and your grace and your mercy and your vision for them, Lord. I pray that there would be clarity as what, what, what is coming next, Lord, what, how they can partner, how they can say yes to you in a, in a new season, Lord, um, whatever that may look like, God. I pray, Father, that, that uh, you would go before them and prepare the way and that they would continue to be faithful and patient, Lord, and wait upon you as they have... Uh, Lord, I thank you for this family. I thank you, Lord, for their example. I just want to have my wife pray. Lord, we thank you so much for um, the opportunity to get to know the Smallies. Um, we thank you that uh, you so clearly orchestrated a haphazard meeting at the Bells that um, that day in the summer, Lord, that your hand was on all of that, that the Shias were here and, you know, Jason and Jay and Lisa just happened to meet that same weekend. And um, it wasn't just so happened. It was you, Lord. And we just thank you for that. We thank you that you have placed on the hearts of this small church such a burden for the ministry that's going on in Europe, Lord, and that that has been able, it started with the Shias and it just continues to grow. Um, we thank you that we are able to be a part of the Smalley story. Um, we thank you for all that we can learn from them while, we're, while they're here. Um, and I just pray, Lord, that you would work in our hearts to um, be open to how you can use us, Lord, how... Um, no matter, no matter what that means, no matter if it means on our street or um, in our workplace or um, across the world, Lord, I just thank you so much um, for all these connections that you have orchestrated, um, so that we can work together for your good. Um, that this little church can make an impact for the glory of your kingdom, God. Um, continue to work in our hearts, Lord. And when we have, when, when the Shias or the Smallies or someone from this church body comes into our mind, Lord, help us to stop for a moment and lift them up in prayer to you. Um, I thank you for knitting this family together. I thank you. I just thank you for all that this church means to my family. And I just pray, Lord, that you continue to use us to bless um, those in Redlands, in the Inland Empire, and um, all the way across the world in Europe. In your name, amen. Thank you, guys. Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.